Hey everyone, it's Zach here. Akash and I are finally back from our extremely long vacation. On this episode, we discuss the ethics of data collection. Enjoy the show. There's some there's some funky stuff going on in China, specifically around TikTok. Uh, so, I guess um, so. On first glance, when you look at TikTok, it's not. I would say that you, you wouldn't think much from it. It's just like a social media app but yeah. the issue is that it's coming from a communist country and they are collecting your data so like the whole privacy issue around facebook and stuff like that like most of those are western companies um from the united states so it's like there are issues around that around like privacy and free speech but now you bring into the picture a communist country um and we already know that china has been working or bringing up their surveillance um situation down there it's it's a bit like 1984 um there are cameras everywhere you jaywalk your picture will be taken and you'll be publicly shamed in front of everyone (laughs) um and then you get charged right away uh you go into a kfc you look at the menu it recognizes your face it suggests items for you um in a way you know that might be cool for me but again, that's still, you know, it it could it could lead into worse things. So what's happening with TikTok? Yeah, yeah. So TikTok is there's there's an investigation to figure out whether it is actual espionage, um, whether it's a way to spy, to collect data, um, to like train models, to know certain people. Um, it might be too good to be true, and these are issues that you might not see within the next couple of years, but in the next 10 to 20 years, because there's a lot of young people on it. Um, So their data um, classifying what type of people they are is already being collected. In addition, there have been U.S. soldiers who record TikToks in their bases. So again, that's more intel. I remember there was, um, this this isn't TikTok, but there was a Vice documentary where there was the whole Ukraine situation. And... Um, there there was a debate whether Russian soldiers were helping um, the rebels in Ukraine. And one of the Vice News people was able to track down a Russian soldier just through Facebook and stuff like that. And they were to, like, find his house. Um, and they figured out that they, like, found all the spots that he took pictures in and figured out that there pretty much was Russian soldiers in Ukraine. So my I'm arguing for data collection and... My thought on all of this is with data collection, you get, there are with any technology, there are some positives for negatives, but with data collection, especially there's quite a lot of positives right? in every, pretty much every industry. We're able to innovate much faster and get more personalized solutions going on because of data collection for the medical industry. Uh, new fields they're working on is personalized cures based on your data. Uh, the, there was this guy, I forget his name, I met in San Francisco. And he was very, very into all types of personal data collection, going from his ring to track his sleep, to track how much water he's drinking, to pretty much how his heart rate is his whole day, pretty much all his biometrics he was tracking. And his theory was he, was he wanted to use that 
to get more personalized medicine whenever something happened to him. And personalization is not just for that. Your entire YouTube or Instagram suggestion feed, it's all because of data collection. You're seeing what you want to see instead of being some random shit. Google, for example, that's also data collection. You're able to find things so fast because Google is able to figure out what you want. So because of all those, and think about businesses and restaurants, they're able to get all these crazy analytics going and they're able to cut so many costs because restaurants now, instead of buying like a set amount of say storage containers every single month using analytics and some data science, they can predict how much how many containers they need to buy each month and they can cut costs instead of having to go overboard every time. It can be a double-edged sword. So imagine, okay, so imagine you're, you're like thinking about some product, you're talking to some people about it, and then suddenly it shows up as like a YouTube ad. Don't you find that a bit strange? See, that's the thing. A lot of people think it's just from them talking about it or something like that. But even without realizing it, while people are talking about certain things, they're making Google searches related to it to either back up an argument or something. You know, they're not just straight up talking about it out of nowhere either. They looked up something similar or something about it. And that later, a day later, it shows up on your feed because you know, you've been thinking about it and you probably looked up things surrounding it. And then sometimes you realize, oh, whoa, I was talking about this one thing a couple of days ago. Now it's on my ads. That's crazy. But in reality, you search something about it. And that's another thing that's helping all these businesses out. They're able to save huge money on ads because instead of just advertising to everyone, they can target it to a certain set of people who are more likely to buy it. And if you're talking about something, you're thinking about it you're more likely to buy it. And even take going more into ads, right? Would you rather want ads for random shit? Or would you rather have ads for things you'd actually want so you can find new products and buy it? That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd much prefer things that I want. Do I click them? Sometimes. There's usually like a 1% chance I'll click an ad. Um, well, the purpose of ads isn't even for you to click it. It's just to introduce it, introduce it. Yeah. And then you see it a few times and well, here's how ads work, right? A lot of people think ads work in a way where you see an ad and you instantly want to buy it. No, that's not why. So let's take Coca-Cola, for example, you see a Coca-Cola ad on TV. Obviously you're not instantly going to go buy some Coca-Cola, but the next time you're out shopping, feeling a little thirsty, you want something cold and you walk by the soda section, there's going to be Coca-Cola and Pepsi right next to each other. What are you going to pick? Probably Coca-Cola because that's a better soda. <laughs> no, but biases aside, probably Coca-Cola because that's what you saw on TV. That's what you've seen advertised. You, it creates some familiarity within you. So another discussion, um, we had a friend who posted something on LinkedIn the other day and tagged us it was about andrew yang's it was like an andrew mm, yang yeah thing. um honestly i forgot what it was called but the whole idea was allowing people to use their data 
and sell their own data and make money off of it. I guess as a form of UBI or a way to fund UBI. Um, the question is, who owns? Who owns their data? That's been like a question that people have been asking probably for ten years now. Um, well, whomst? Whomst? Whomst owns the datas? Datum. <laughs> the datum. Well, yeah. Currently, it's not the consumer, but your data is the price you're paying to access all these free products on the internet. Because why else would Facebook or Instagram, which is also part of Facebook or Google, why else would they hire so many people, pay them so much to give you something for free if they're not making any money off of it? That would make no sense. So it's a transaction. You're giving away your attention and your habits in turn to use all these free products. What data... Is there collected? Like, say I'm on Facebook. What, what data is collected? Well, it's for if you're just on Facebook, just on their system, whatever you're posting, whose accounts you're looking at, what feeds you're liking, what you're commenting, pretty much all your actions on Facebook, which screens you spend the most time on, and so it's probably being collected. But it's not just that. What Facebook or Google do is they throw these cookies in your browser. And these cookies, they stick with you from different pages. So they're not only able to collect data within Facebook, but even outside, they're able to collect your browser data, which is more key because that shows exactly what websites you're viewing and what sometimes what you're doing on those websites, what products you're looking at. Because here's the thing. One day, my dad and I were talking about jeans, and then he pulled up these American Eagle jeans and he shot me a link. I looked at it. I'm like, whoa, yeah, these are pretty nice. Didn't think much of it. And then later I was, I think, just scrolling through a website and I see all those banner ads and they're all jeans from American Eagle. And they got, so they're trying, it's not just a website they're tracking, it's a browser. Okay. And also they all have a little persona for you, right? They have this yeah. persona. There's this online Zach they created. Whether it's attached to your name or not, it's definitely attached to your IP address. It's attached to your mobile device and your laptop. So pretty much if I'm browsing something on mobile, because those jeans my dad sent me, it was on my phone, but I was seeing the ads on my browser, on my computer. That's that's data collection in a nutshell, man. It's a lot more. What else? Your phone? That's another cool application your phone is also tracking where you're touching or certain apps on your phone where exactly you're touching and how your thumb is moving i didn't know this i just figured it out reading about this earlier today like they actually track how you like fumble with your phone and how you moved around and everything so they can make better phones pretty much because that's how you get all the data of where you're touching on the phone so you can figure out how to make UI easier for whatever app you're building, whatever web page you're building. So you can do it based on where your thumb reaches or where most people's attention or focus on their phone. How is your user experience improved though by Facebook collecting data? Vastly, dude. By Facebook collecting data. Well, back in the day when I used to use Facebook, again, it was showing me posts I actually wanted to, right? It showed me posts I wanted to see. It made the experience on Facebook itself more enjoyable. But also, like I said, 
all these targeted ads. You know, obviously, ideally, there would be no ads, but if there are going to be ads, might as well be ads or whatever you're looking for. And there has been a couple of times I've actually clicked on ads and bought something because I was looking for something. Uh, I think this jacket or something, and I, I didn't really find one that I liked. But later through an ad, I actually found one that I liked and was able to purchase it. Yeah. It's, it's beyond what we see from your day-to-day -day activity too. It's overall how it's improving society. Because a lot of these ads or a lot of this data, again, it's not only Facebook using it. Facebook and uses some of it, but another part of their business is they sell it to these data brokers and they make money off of that. And this data can then be used for research, like any type of research where your data fits. And that research could be benefiting society quite a bit. And also Google, did Google Maps collecting your data? That's actually been really convenient. It gets kind of scary for sure, but Google Map it kind of really helps me out with knowing where I want to go. Because I went to Cape Cod recently last week, and I didn't know the address of where I was going at all. But I was there a couple of years ago, so all I had to search was West Yarmouth, and it pulled up a directory of all the addresses I went to in West Yarmouth, and I was able to quickly find where I wanted to go. You know, it's not these big things you see, you know, making huge impacts in your life, but it's all the little things adding up. The only data I don't really want collect is like, I don't want fucking surveillance cameras everywhere like China. I feel like at that point, that's that part is sure. too far. Um, yeah. Like, I don't I really care. Mean. Honestly, I don't really care if I'm targeted by ads. It's not really a big deal to me. Um, some people get super anal about that. So like, I guess like the, the dystopian weird ass shit that China's already have, that's... Like having, yeah. like having data collected about like social score and stuff like that, I think is is going to become toxic. In addition, I don't think I don't, I don't know if this is like truly data, but you know, Facebook can technically can discriminate against certain people. Um, like, imagine if you know LibraCoin became like I don't know one of the most accepted cryptocurrencies or whatever. You need to be mm -hmm. on Facebook in order to use it. Well, Facebook knows you're like a piece of shit or something and they can ban you and then therefore you're def you're denied um you're denied like the ability to buy food if no one's using cash like that could that is like a scenario people have considered um sure they could they like, could a, a lot of companies could do such things and i mean you could argue the government has the power to do the same things you know it's here's a Things like that. Here's how I see that, right? If Facebook's releasing Libra, some other competitor is going to be releasing some other coin. You know, we talked about this with Joe in the crypto episode where it's not just going to be one crypto coin we're going to be seeing. We're going to be seeing quite a few people are using. And if Facebook does that, and if they're unfair to their users, people are just going to stop using their platform. I mean, people already hate Facebook. They're just going to hit him even more or whatever company that does this. They're just going to move on to another platform that treats them better. And that's why the market kind of works itself out. If you treat your consumers well, you give them what they want. They're going to stay on your platform. If you start going OD and start discriminating all these people, then they're going to stop using you. 
and pretty much Facebook is the one that's going to be losing out on value. But what if, what if it's a communist country though, or like a slight communist country like China, like mm -hmm. the VC firm that was investing in one of the facial recognition companies was run by the state. And now we have like an infiltration of like a, I guess like a state, it might be a state backed app, TikTok. So what, what can you do with that? Like what malicious things can you do with people's data? Can you target specific vulnerable groups and then spread propaganda that way? Because we know how TikTok works. They know exactly what you're going to watch. It's all suggested through an algorithm. So the right. question is, yeah, we like our issues here aren't like our issues here is like, oh, I, I'm getting targeted by ads that shouldn't be allowed or whatever. Now it's a different story. I don't agree with China's system, what they're doing at all. And that danger does exist. But just talking about what's happening in the United States. We luckily so far have at least some set of rules preventing discrimination like that from happening. A small set of rules, but yeah, you still hear things like how, you know, with this whole cancel culture going on, right? Uh -huh. These social media companies are also kind of becoming a part of that. You know, they're looking at your posts and they're discriminating, you know, if, if you have a certain set of posts that doesn't obey their guidelines and their guidelines, they can make it whatever they want. They can bias that however they want. Then they can technically discriminate against you or they can ban you because it's not part of their guidelines. But the thing about that is those are for the most part stated in their guidelines of what's okay and what's not. And in the end, it is their system, it is their platform. Uh, my view on this might be controversial to most, but although I am all for you know, freedom of speech, First Amendment and everything, I also value the free market and private companies, I think, should be able to do whatever they want and discriminate whatever they want on their platform because it is their company. And if you're willing to go on there and use it and be a part of it, you're agreeing to their terms and services. Interesting. So I think a lot of it is on the user as well, where you, sh you as a user should educate yourself and be more careful when it comes to data collection and see where it's collected. So you can either opt into it knowingly or you can stay away from it. There, there are also ways to turn it off, um, which a lot of people don't know. There's a setting in Google you could turn off um, data collection. I haven't done it because honestly, I don't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> I'm not that important. But there, there are ways to set it. And also, you know, there's a very long things called terms and conditions when you check it. Yeah, when was the last time anyone read that? <laughs> I never read it. So I guess with that, we could kind of conclude the little debate. It's not really a debate, but just a conversational portion. Let's go more into actual views about the topic. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm personally, I don't 
really condone data collection without informing the users properly. I think data collection itself is useful. Again, it brings a lot of benefits to society. But that being said, all these companies make it really hard for you to turn it off. And even if you do turn it off, again, Facebook can still put pixels on your browser or their cookies and collect your data through other ways. I think as a consumer, you don't really have much control over what data is collected. You have some control, which is, again, really hard to access. And even if you do turn that off, your data is still being collected in other ways, which pretty much sucks for the consumer. <laughs> but that being said, I still agree that if you're opting into using these platforms, you got to stay by their terms and their conditions. And, you know, that's just the reality we live in right now. And I, I don't know. I do think there should be some regulation, especially when it comes to really personal data, like health data, banking data, etc. But then again, I'd also argue that it should, again, it should be the company's choice. And if you're opting into the company, you know, you're pretty much shooting yourself in the foot. So imagine this, you're using a private mail service and you write a bunch of stuff in your letter. But when you send that letter through, they're going to open the letter and they're going to cross out certain words and then they're going to resend it. Would that be okay? No, and I don't think people would use that service. What if it's the only one? What if all mail Ooh. services did that? If all of them did that. Because all social media companies can do that. Ooh. Or again, what See, if it was... What if it was they, um... Yeah, the thing with the, these social medias is, you're right, they have the entire network tapped into it or you need that network effect. So it's not easy to just create another social media platform. I mean, you could do it, but the only way to actually accomplish something like that is to educate the masses and show them what they're, what's actually happening. And that everyone, a majority would need to turn against it and want to go onto another platform. And then there's this other issue of, again, them making money off of your data if if so if facebook is collecting your data on facebook then again you're opting into that which is fine but when they're collecting your browser data and going beyond the confines of facebook itself their app and their website that's when i also say that's a bit overboard and they should be you know something like the brave it should be something like the brave browser we are actually getting paid back for your data. And another thing is, I think you should always have access to your own data and it should be easy for you to find your own data, which I don't think it is. You know, these companies, they have pa packages of your data they can send, but it's not, you know, it's not easy for the layman to get and read through it. So yeah, I'm not, it's hard to say if you're, uh, for me, to say if I'm for or against data collection. Again, like I started this off with, it is a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. There are positives and negatives. But yeah, I think some form of regulation could go a long way with this. But 
you know, it's going to be a tough fight. People aren't going to allow that easily. It's going to have, we're going to have to educate the masses to get that change going on. Just relying on government or anything isn't going to be enough. The scary part is like when the data is used to try to influence certain behaviors, in my opinion. Um, well, you could have them like click into an app or whatever. That, or not an app, but like into an ad. That's one thing. But what if you use their information to try to make them stay on the app and get them addicted? Um, or what if you use it to manipulate elections? Um, Cambridge Analytica. Exactly. Yeah. So there is that. That's the thing that does scare me. Like China, when they're putting up social scores and stuff like that, uh, they might have it already. I think they're piloting it to influence behavior. Um, that gets a bit scary. We already do have it. Like people are addicted to apps. Um, mm-hmm. I fortunately have deleted most of it, so I'm kind of off the grid right now. Um, but what about the, the vulnerable, like the people who you can easily manipulate? Um, I think that's like a, a Marxist thing. You know, you use, you use the uneducated masses and ha- have them think they're doing something. And then it turns out they're just paving the way for you to, to take over. Well, it's not even uneducated, man. I think it's everyone who's susceptible to it because they're literally basing it all based off of human psychology. Yeah. And they're targeting human psychology with it, which again, it's human psychology. So it's hard for a human to escape that, you know, it's, it's really cool in a way how they pretty much analyze their internal wiring in a sense and kind of adapted to that. But yeah, it's super scary how they can do that. But how exactly do you combat that? If you do combat it and if you say, oh, you can't use user data to make suggested posts, that's going to suck for everyone. People are going to stop using the app because they're, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to get whatever they like out of it. And that's going to drop in user engagement and these apps and huge businesses aren't going to be making as much money. So they're not going to have any incentive to keep running these apps, right? The whole reason these apps exist and they function so well is because they're addicting. I think the only way, you could get it to work otherwise is maybe if you make a paid social media or you need to pay to get into it. But again, that already becomes a form of discrimination based on your socioeconomic status. If you go through that route. And also if you're paying to go into an app and it's not showing suggested items in it, then why would you, pay to go into it why would you pay for an app where it's media core content well i mean netflix kind of they like kind of suggest they suggest but it's not like od sure well netflix isn't netflix doesn't really care about user attention per se that's right they, they want people they want people to like their movies and like their shows and that incentivizes them to release good content on there. And suggestions I see more as a helpful feature on Netflix because whether, obviously they want engagement so people keep paying their subscription, but whether they're getting engagement or not, they're still making money. 
So they're not incentivized based on addicting the users. But YouTube, on the other hand, is that where addicting? What do you mean? Have you never been down the YouTube rabbit hole? I mean, I mean, yeah, but like suggest, I, the YouTube I grew up on was I'm different. straight up addicted to YouTube. I'm like, but it's more the content that's put out. Well, who's per- filtering the content? Who's manipulating the algorithm? No, no, but I'm in like my subscriptions. I usually just. Well, it's not always your subscription That's shown, true. right? Because half the videos I watch, I'm pretty sure I don't subscribe to. It's the because half the pages or half the videos in your home feed isn't what you're subscribed to either. That's all based on mm. YouTube recommending it. And you could also see the negative side of that as creator when we were making our videos, right? It's it's hard. You gotta really pander to the algorithm. And you know what's crazy, dude? With all the celebrity, you know, celebrities obviously have a lot more screen time and they have a lot more of their videos and everything out. They're coming out with all these crazy deep fakes now. Have you seen any? Mm-hmm. They want this one guy made something. He pretty much had Obama say this crazy shit and it sounded so real that's scary yeah but also we were talking about decapitated heads on a new social media platform oh yeah that's right you you said decapitated heads are fine and i was like what the fuck on a social media platform yeah dude you could probably find that on youtube i mean i think the only thing they should be blocking is straight up illegal things like child porn or something like that i was talking about like isis decapitating people oh you're talking about isis yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. We're going though, for true freedom of speech. You can't have true freedom of speech ever. Whoa, Zach is I'm serious. No, I mean Zach. like on a social media platform. Like imagine yeah. like you logged in and there was just someone eating a baby. Yeah. With well, a fork and a knife. While working on Visbro, we pretty much saw that, dude. It's true freedom of speech is. People getting dogs, people having shit posts, people showing pictures of their ass. It's, like you know, it's you crazy. See, how many buttholes did you see? No holes, only cracks. A lot of cracks. Dudes cracks? Yeah, dude, it was only dudes. Was... Why did they do that? I don't know, man. Apparently, I guess guys are Asia really obsessed with showing off their ass with their friends. It would all be them with a bunch of friends, too. Like five of them lined up with their pants down. I'll never do that with you. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's not a true bro. I know. But no, it's wild. People were obsessed with that shit. I don't know why. Hmm. I mean, yeah. True freedom of speech is scary on the internet. People people have a strong tendency to shit post. There's a lot of shit. So I guess there's that to appreciate with things like Facebook and Instagram. But how far are they taking that is the question. Because a lot of these, even people even accuse Google of this. And um, yeah, Google and Facebook, a lot of them are very left-wing biased. So they tend to drown out some of the right-wing ideologies. Even when you do Google searches on certain political issues, you're going to see left biased posts on the top as opposed to 
right by us both. Yeah, I mean, there was there was people that were banned. Um, I mean, Alex Jones, as crazy as he may be, he was banned um, from YouTube. I know Milo Yiannopoulos, very, very far-right person, was also banned. Can you do that? Is that a Well, that's what even the show's about, right? Not, not banning people based on their ideology, you know, to express multiple ideologies and, you know, talk it out. I don't think banning is the right solution. Just because you don't agree with someone doesn't mean you can just ban them or get rid of them. But what if their ideology is showing their ass on Visc Pro? <laughs> <laughs> I don't See, think it's we... like it's hard, man, because like that's why I'm saying like you can't just have full free speech because it gets like yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't want to see people getting decapitated in my feed. Fuck that. It's weird though. I see people getting shot oh. on like Instagram all the time. People like post that shit. Like a cop. Yeah, shot I don't. Dude. I... Oh yeah, yeah. Shows up. I'm like, all right. They can show that, but a nipple is going too far. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the more nipples, the better. More nipples. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. No, but yeah. I, I think like a fuck. I, I don't know. I want like, I want a clean, cleaner social media platform. It's not dumb and- as shit. But yeah, I don't know, right? It's what is the definition of clean then? I just don't want like dumb shit on my fucking feed. Well, like, yeah, if you're on the if you're on the left, you're gonna think right ideologies are dumb shit. If you're on the right, you're gonna think left ideologies no, I, are dumb shit. I mean, like, I think both are dumb shit. Like, yeah, people, people just agree. Everyone with had shit because it's like what what threshold of dumb shit can you allow, and who who realizes? Who suggests what's dumb and what's not? Because I do. <laughs> for everything with yeah, Zach, the new platform is just going to be called Zach. And it's going to be Zach going through every single post yeah. saying whether it's okay or not. Just sitting in a little room, yeah, a little closet, a little closet, scrolling through every single post. Oh, It's going to be like Tinder. He's going to swipe left or right on the post. Here's the issue, though. Like, let's say... Let's say we want to filter out dumb shit. If we have everyone filter out dumb shit, you get that mob mentality, which we kind of have right now, believe it or not. I won't say what it is, but we, we all know what I'm talking about. We have mob mentality. I actually have no clue what you're talking about. Certain issues, you will be destroyed. Like if you say something against a left ideology you'll get obliterated if you say something against a right ideology you'll be obliterated gotcha why though yeah man well it's because people aren't usually open to seeing other side people your emotions get in the way ah that's that's the hard part uh-huh. It becomes an emotional argument rather than a logical argument. A social platform or... that removes emotion. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I feel like, okay, I, I, all right, there's probably a fucking department in Facebook that, like, it's like, all right, how do we, how do we rile up emotions in these people to get them to stay on? Because when you're emotional, you'll fucking kill people. 
Yeah. You will. And it's probably part of the addiction. Dude, there's a fucking department in Facebook for creating addictive shit. Like, I, I like remember researching. Yeah, it's probably... <laughs> it's Yeah, it's going to be sugar-coated again under user engagement. That's what user engagement is. I don't. I don't really use Facebook. I only use it to find like Tinder photos for my Tinder, and uh, <laughs> message Akash and Priscilla on the iMessenger, or not? IMessenger. Yeah, I don't use Facebook. I just use Messenger, Facebook Messenger. Or I guess if we're using Instagram, technically we are using Facebook. I stopped. You, you said Instagram. you deleted that, right? Yeah. I. I'll probably be no more KPI time. posts. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I deleted Snapchat too. I was getting kind of annoyed. There's a lot of like white noise. But yeah, in in conclusion, I guess it's all about who this went from data collection to talking more about how this data is used, especially in social media, I guess. And I guess it's all about how do we decide who controls what is shown. Because we know that all these algorithms can be made biased. Maybe we need to make a super robot that's completely biasless. Who knows? But yeah, people do finish it off. Just educate yourself. Try to, if you really care about what data is being collected about you, at this point, that's on you before we get any large scale. I mean, there are some regulations out there, but they're not as strict as you'd like. There are a lot of loopholes people can find. So it's up to you to be safe, but also know that even if you're uber safe about it, unless you go completely off the grid and abandon the internet, your data is being collected somehow. Even filling out forms at the doctors, you're getting data collected going to insurance. So I don't know, just be careful, be smart. And based on the other point of ideologies and what's biased and what's not and figuring that out, I don't know, just be open to listening to perspectives. Don't hate on people. Maybe they have a valid point. Maybe they don't, but have a nice conversation. Cool, man. Any final words on your end, Zach? Yeah. Careful on TikTok. We don't. That, one, <laughs> that one's still a little sus. Like Facebook sus, Instagram sus, Snapchat sus. But thank you for watching. If you're not able to make it live on the YouTube show, then consider checking out our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, most podcast places. Go check us out there. For those of you listening on there, come check us out live one of these days. You can join our wonderful fans like Brian and Chow and have a nice chat with us and be a part of the podcast. With that said, again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next week.